Good morning. It is awesome to see everybody this morning. It's a great morning to be here. Man, it is uh, the first Sunday of Lent this morning. We celebrated Ash Wednesday a few nights ago. And it is the first Sunday of Lent. Um, we remember and think about and reflect on our lives. On our lives, our shortcomings, and how we need to rely on God and His Word for these next 40 days. It's the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert being tempted and fought that temptation. And normally, that would be the sermon that I would give you today. But something a week or so changed my mind. And I prepared a sermon, and I wasn't sure when I was going to deliver it, but I thought today is going to be a, a perfect day to do it as we enter Lent. And just, um, we talk about the condition that we're in. The condition we're in spiritually, the condition we're in as a nation, the condition we're in just as a population. I've mentioned it before, we've lost all kinds of decorum in our society. We like to argue. We like to take sides. I won't even call it debate. No, we like to argue. And it can be about anything. And we've forgotten how to argue and disagree. I see it every day. Do you all see it? Do you see it? And some of the things that we're arguing about in the grand scheme of things really don't matter that much. But even when something bad happens, we still want to argue. Or if something good happens, we still want to argue. You've seen it, haven't you? I know y'all have argued before. You've been married almost as long as me. Most of you, some of you, even longer. I'm pretty good at arguing. I am. I can argue with the best of them. I'm good at it, but I've never won an argument. Never. As good as I am, as much practice as I've had, I have never had somebody I'm arguing with just shut up and say, hey, you're right. It's never happened. I don't think it's going to. Matter of fact, we'll debate and argue if something great happens, who gets credit for it. If something bad happens, whose fault it is. We're in a condition that, doggone it, we don't need to argue. We need to help each other. Title this sermon, CPR. And that represents Christ's perfect redemption. Because that's what we all need. Now, physically, what CPR is, if, if someone has a cardiac arrest, cardiac arrest, they need CPR. Right? You've seen it performed before. We saw it performed on national TV uh, a few weeks ago at a football game. We have seen CPR. And if somebody has cardiac arrest, that's the only thing that will save them. And when you see it happen, you see people go over and you give them, and they give them CPR. You don't see two people argue about what caused it. What causes CPR is your heart quits beating. Now, there are several symptoms, there are several diagnoses that can cause that heart quit beating. But once they're on the ground and their heart's not beating, they don't need a debate. They need to be resuscitated. They need to be revived. 
True? Doesn't matter why they're on the ground. It could be any one of those conditions that can cause it. Could have caused it. What they need is the only thing that's going to save them. They can't do it for themselves if they're laying there on the ground. Somebody has to start that CPR. And this morning, um, I want to relate that to our spiritual lives. Because we're in desperate need of CPR. We're in desperate need of CPR. I'm going to refer to several scripture as we uh, go through this lesson. But I'm going to start out by reading about the redemption. And then I'm going to back up and tell you why we need the redemption. I want to remind us why we all need this redemption. But I want to start with the, with the good news. Which is that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is available to everyone. I'm going to read Ephesians 1. Verses 7 through 11. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all the things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. So that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to proclaim your good news, Lord. I pray that as we go through this lesson, Lord, as we we, we look at the scripture, Lord, that you open our minds, you open our hearts, Lord, and we receive the message that's for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I want, to start with, I want to start with the good news, because the good news is we serve a risen Savior who's ready to redeem us. That's the good news. The bad news is we let things creep in and get in the way. We start focusing on other things. And, and actually, if we back up to verses 4 and 6 in this chapter, we'll know that we're chosen by God. And we're accepted by God. Okay? That's the good news. That's the good news. But, you see, we don't gain this favor on our own. We're in need. This morning, we are in need. We see revivals breaking out all over the country right now. And again, just like I said, you know, we're separated on, uh, we want to debate on, on, on things. Even the revival that's had in Asbury, I've heard people debate on who started it. Why it's still going on, if it's real. Have you heard those debates? And we were looking at several day revival, and we can't even give the Holy Spirit credit. We either want to take credit for it, or we want to blame somebody. And there, what's happening at Asbury is what we all need right now, and that's a revival. Okay, we need revival in our society. Again, we don't gain God's favor on our own. 
You see, in Romans 3, Paul explains that we've all sinned. And we've all fall, fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Again, that word all is a small word, but it means so much. It means everybody. We have all sinned and fallen short. And then in Romans 6, Paul explains the wages of sin. And those wages are death. So when we sin, when we fall short, we deserve total separation from God. Okay, that's the position we're in. That's the position we're in. And again, when we're in this position, we don't need a debate. We don't need to argue. We need to be saved. We need to be revived. We need to be resuscitated. Do you understand? You see, we've all sinned. And when we sin, we're spiritually dead, and the only thing that will save us is CPR. If we're laying on the floor, spiritually dead, metaphorically laying on the floor, we don't need to know which sin caused it. We don't need to know what the final straw was, what really pushed me to the, to the edge where I'm now spirit. Well, I don't need to know that. I need CPR. I need somebody to tell me, encourage me, and tell me that I can be revived through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need his perfect redemption. That's the only thing that will save me. That's the only thing that will revive me. You see, we are dead because of our sins. We need CPR. We need Christ's perfect redemption. Again, we don't need anybody to win an argument because of the sin that put us there. We need to be revived. And again, if we're there, we can't do it on our own. The only way we can do it is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Through a relationship with God's only Son. You see, we're, we're redeemed through Christ in no other way. We're revived, we're resuscitated because of Him. Redemption means a releasing effect of payment or ransom. It means He forgives us of what we've done. We are forgiven of whatever sin put us, put us to spiritual death. We're forgiven. And when we rely on Him to resuscitate us, He's going to make us alive again in Him. You see, our redemption is through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and nowhere else. The purchase price to, to pay for our shortcomings is the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, by his death on the cross, Jesus has paid the price to deliver us, to revive us, to forgive us. You see, God has forgiven us. Sometimes I look around, we don't, really act like forgiven people. But we are forgiven. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and we, we, we repent and we ask for that forgiveness. God freely gives it to us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness means the release of punishment. It means we don't get what we deserve, thank God. Everybody always wants what they deserve. I'm so thankful today I don't get what I deserve. I get what Christ has freely given me. That's what's mine because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, our sins, our trespasses have been forgiven. You see, the Greek word for sin or trespasses literally means a side slip or a lapse, a deviation. 
It can be willful or unwillful. But, hey, we have messed up. We have messed up. We have messed up. And the only thing that's going to make us whole again is receiving that forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. We need to repent. We need to stop whatever we're doing. We need to walk back towards the cross. We need to put the sin behind us and walk away from it and walk towards Jesus Christ. Because he has redeemed us. He's forgiven us. We have been resuscitated. We're alive again because of him, not because of us. You see, forgiveness and redemption, you see, that's God's grace. That's God's favor that he gives to us, whether we deserve it or not, because we don't deserve it. Again, thank God I don't get what I deserve. You see, we're justified because of Jesus' perfect life and sacrifice. And because of this wonderful grace, we receive wisdom. We receive wisdom. Wisdom doesn't mean we know something that somebody else can't know. It doesn't mean that we're smarter than anybody else. It's a gift from God that we realize what it takes to walk in a relationship with a perfect Savior. That's what wisdom is. It means that we review the scripture. We know what we're called to do. Because, you see, when God revives us, when we have CPR and we're brought back to life, when we're resuscitated, God don't want us to stay on the floor. He don't want us to remain spiritually dead. He reveals a plan to us. He gives us something to do. What good is it to be revived if we're not going to do anything? Jesus has revived us this morning. We're in revival many places in the world right now as I speak. What are we going to do with it? That's the question. Are you seeking that direction from Jesus Christ? You see, he's made his plan known to us. We know his will because we know the scripture and we pray and we ask him to lead us in his direction. I can promise you his direction is not to argue with somebody over theology or politics. I promise that's not what he's calling you to do. He's not calling you to be right on any subject. He's calling you to love each other. He's calling you to forgive each other because that's what he's done for us. Again, it's hard to do. This type of argument, this type of debate over everything is the example that we're showing our young people. Is this really what we want to be known for? Do we want to be known for being theologically correct or do we want to be known for showing love and grace to Jesus Christ? Or love and grace to each other through Jesus Christ? What do we be known for? Oh yeah, I want an argument. So what? That's not going to last me eternity. That's going to last me five minutes till I argue again. But when I show people God's love and grace and how he's redeemed my life, that lasts an eternity. That makes an impact on the world. And plus, when you're married to Rhonda, it's hard to win an argument. She's smarter than me. 
don't laugh. I'm looking around. A lot of the men are in the same position I am. We married smarter women. That's a good thing. What are we going to do with this redemption, though? Are we going to sit around and debate? Or are we going to follow his will, his plan? Because I can tell you his will and his plan are perfect. His will and his plan for our lives are perfect. You see, because when we start following that plan, when we're revived, we're following his plan, you see, we gain inheritance. The last part of that scripture tells us that we obtain an inheritance. We're redeemed. We're purchased. We're his possession. We're his inheritance. But he shares with us so many blessings that I can't tell you in just a few minutes up here. You see, God has redeemed us. God has forgiven us. God has revealed his will and his plan to us. God has given us an inheritance. That's what we have. There's no debate about it. That's what the scripture, that's what we have right now. You see, we all need CPR. We need Christ's perfect redemption. Are you ready to be redeemed this morning? If you are, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. The only way you can do it is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only person that can redeem you is Him. You need Christ's perfect redemption. You see, He's ready to revive you. He's ready to forgive you. And He's ready to reveal to you His perfect plan. And He's ready to give you that inheritance. Are you ready to receive it this morning? That's the question I want to ask you before I close. Are you ready to receive this perfect redemption? Are you ready to receive his forgiveness? Are you ready to see his plan and to follow his plan and to receive the blessings, the inheritance that he has promised us? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for CPR, Lord. Thank you for your perfect redemption. Lord, we can't do it on our own, Lord. We, we can't. But we know through a perfect Savior, Lord, you can give us that perfect redemption. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for, the, uh, for revealing us your plan, Lord. I just pray that each one of us seek your will in all that we do. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning, or there anyone listening online that hasn't received your perfect redemption, Lord, they come to a knowing, loving relationship with you this morning, Lord. They realize that they can't do it on their own. They need CPR. Lord, thank you for the revivals that's breaking out everywhere, Lord. That's what we need. We need you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.